0: Welcome back to Defender's Dialogue with Carr and Adam. This is episode, what is it? 15. Wow, episode 15. I'm Adam Phillips, president of UntoldStoriesMarketing.com. And
1: here's Cardi Angelo, proprietor and owner of Urtu Comic Shops in Sherman Oaks in Northridge, California.
0: Excellent. So we've got some great issues to cover today. We're going to talk about this defenders thirty one thirty two thirty three in an episode we like to call getting ahead in this world
1: or winging in the brain
0: <laughs> yes, man, these are some fantastic comics,
1: even I didn't even say these three issues in specific, but this storyline certainly is why I wanted to do this when we talked about the idea of rereading defenders this is the moment i was I was waiting for so much going on in
0: yeah, this is where it really everything that they've been building up to sort of comes together, pays off, and it is a new level of complexity and weirdness that you've really haven't seen in in superhero comics before or probably since because I mean this has been more complex but not more weird.
1: <laughs> that that's true. That that's that's the distinction. Yeah, it is.
0: And it's interesting. I mean, we'll get into this, but like there there is stuff in these issues that foreshadows things that Gerber would do a year or two later in Howard the Doc, you know? Oh yeah. Maybe not, maybe not even a year or two anyway. So we start with issue 31. It is, it has a January cover date, went on sale October 21st, 1975 and it has a lovely cover by Gil Kane and Frank Giacoya and over the, the Manhattan skyline, Nighthawk is attacking Hulk, Doctor Strange and Valkyrie and he's he's shooting at them with like rays from his hands. And Doctor Strange is saying Nighthawk attacks us with powers far stronger than ours. And Valkyrie says then those powers have driven him mad. Mad I say. Yeah, right. And there's a big caption that says Nighthawk no more. So the story the story is called Nighthawk's Brain. Great title. <laughs> I really like that title it's written by Steve Gerber art by Sal Sama and Jim Mooney and not that I usually mention things like this but Ray Holloway the letterer did not do that much like credited lettering but he was a Marvel bullpen paste up artist and you know art corrections guy also Petra Goldberg I always wondered if she was Stan Goldberg's daughter but I never I don't think I've ever gotten an answer to that
1: Right. I always wondered
0: if there's a relation. Yeah. I mean, I suppose sometime I will ask
1: someone. Two, two notes on the yellow box. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention the yellow box. Go ahead. It's back. It's back, number one. Uh, number two, Submariner officially fired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: finally, his contract ran out.
1: His contract ran out. I mean, it may have happened earlier. This is I finally noticed. And no, this I think is we're... the first time. Definitely. Okay. The last, and we, and we... last time he was still in there. And we were also talking last issue about the use of the term non-team, and now it's codified in the yellow box. Oh, yeah.
0: These four form the crux of the greatest non-team in history. In non-history. Yeah. On and on and on. (laughs) Heroes called together only when the need arises. So, yeah, there you go. That's great. And we start off with a really terrific symbolic splash page. Of uh Nighthawk is in the center, and he's being held in the uh hand a disembodied well a hand on a disembodied arm of a Correct. woman and pink painted fingernails that are definitely you know polished, and he's being somewhat crushed by the by the hand uh um, he can't breathe, and then there are floating heads around him of Dr. Strange, Hulk and Valkyrie who are all turning away as the captions describe really. Well, hey, really nicely, it says, Nighthawk cries to his fellow defenders for aid. Doctor Strange, seeker of cosmic truth, doesn't want to know. <laughs> the Hulk, <mightiest, laughs> This is great. The Hulk, mightiest of earthborn mortals, casts his emerald eyes away. Valkyrie, woman warrior, evinces only scorn.
1: Well, it's interesting. On one hand, it's, it's telling you what you're looking at, but it's also a great way to just introduce all the characters. That's true, and it's building mood. I mean, totally. This is a
0: very strange little sequence and, you know, Gerber knows how to play on the way that the drawing works and and echo it and amplify it. Page two, the disembodied arm hand drops Nighthawk and he's plummeting, but then he flies up and, you know, he's sort of being shot at and it's all, it's very much a dream sequence kind of feeling. He plummets through Kind of a place where he sees a figure, and ends up on what looks like a shoreline, and then he turns and sees Trish Star in sort of a diaphanous gown with a cape, and it's like an image out of a gothic romance novel. She, there's lightning behind her and dark clouds, and uh, he goes running toward her, but the wind has picked up the cape or whatever it is, the wrap. And, you know, you can see that she does not have a left arm. Like the the, right. the, the cape is sort of conforming to the, the form of a stump. And she says to him, why, Kyle, why did you let it happen? And as he tries to get closer to her, a hand, now, now it's a left hand, reaches up out of the sand and grabs his ankle so he can't get close to her. And she wa- is walking away. And he's sort of feeling helpless and panicky and the waves are coming toward him from the ocean in this weird scenario. And then suddenly the scene shifts and he's flying along and smacks his head straight into a big, thick branch of a tree in a park.
1: Yeah, and he crashes. Now, can I say one thing about the, the in, in the dream sequence, the, um, what bothers me is. Uh-huh the arm is a, it she lost her left arm yeah. but in the in the splash page it's a it's and the next page it's a right arm i did notice that too <laughs> and it, maybe that's just dream logic but you know and i and i understand composition wise why you know the way you read a comic the right arm makes more sense a little bit but it, if it's supposed to be her arm when i realized that it was sort of like oh this you know cuz then it's her left arm that does come out of the sand but
0: yeah it's an odd Mistake to make, and I don't. I I wonder how these things get through. Sometimes they do,
1: though. Hey, what was the one where where, where Captain Marvel had six fingers?
0: <laughs> oh, there's lots of stuff like that. <laughs> you know, there's a Fantastic Four issue where Reed is like falling out of the Baxter Building, and his arms and his limbs are all stretched out and crazy, and like he's got like three hands or something. You know? The, yeah,
1: he's missing a foot. He's got three hands. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he turned his foot into a hand. Well. It, it is
0: possible. So Nighthawk falls to the ground, and he's in Central Park. And a couple of people see him and go, what? what that guy fell right out of the sky. It's a, you know, a man and a woman. The woman says, should we help him? And the guy is very suspicious. He says, you can't trust these super dudes. He might thank us or waste us. Let's get out of here. But he doesn't hear any of this. It's just a little commentary on what New York City was like at that time, I suppose. So... Nighthawk manages to get up off the ground, but he's holding onto his aching head. And he turns around and sees a mysterious figure. And all we see is a hand with a big ray gun in it, shooting Nighthawk. And Nighthawk recognizes him, but we don't see him. And he says, the figure says, I admit my face might not ring a bell, but no one ever forgets where they saw it, which I thought was (laughs) so funny. Yeah. Nighthawk falls down unconscious. And then we cut to a different scene. Did you want to say anything else about that, though? Because, man.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that just wraps up, you know, but again, it's it's such a great vignette. You're going from dream sequence. He's sleeping while he's flying, having a dream. And then obviously it was part of some ambush, you know, by by a mysterious by a mysterious character who I'll be, will be the furry figure. Oops. <laughs> There's a lot of furriness in this movie, in this movie, and this in this issue. Yeah, you know, you're right. We're about to see more fairy figures.
0: Yeah, absolutely. These are some really great little discreet sections. So now we're going on to the second one in Coney Island, where Valkyrie in full costume is there with Jack Norris, who is shooting, you know, a ducks in a shooting gallery. And the guy who's working at the shooting gallery says, congratulations, you won yourself a bear. And Valkyrie is doing her best mr spock impression here <laughs> <laughs> it's really the coldest and least emotional i've ever seen her he's he's she's like you know i find your you casual use of weaponry for amusement unsettling why do i need what does a woman warrior need with a cloth representation of a rabbit because right. they want a little rabbit and then they go to what is that thing called when you hit the bell the hammer
1: with the bell um... i do Th- that's, I don't know what you uh, call that thing. Is it called the, the strength test or something?
0: I I suppose. But, you know, it's the thing where you hit the lever on the ground with a giant mallet and, the, and it, uh, something goes up to try to... Ring to, the bell. Ring the bell. And I don't know what you call it. But Jack does that and he actually hits the bell and the guy who runs the thing says, what a champ. You must be proud of him. And <laughs> <laughs> she starts correcting him and... He, and he's like, whatever. Take a, take the bear and enjoy it, lady. And then Valkyrie says he wants to try it and test her strength. Oh, that's a test your strength. That's usually what they call this. That's things. what
1: it is. I said strength <laughs> test. You're right. But it's more the yeah, sign yeah. is like, test your strength. Right, exactly. That's right up. Uh, so Valkyrie, one-handed, slams
0: the mallet down on the base, and it, like, destroys the entire thing. The guy who runs is just standing there gawking like, oh, my God. Man, Valkyrie's saying, so if I get this, you you owe me an animal now, right? <laughs> and Jack takes her by the hand and says, we got to get out of here. Valkyrie's like not having it and she doesn't want to be, still does not want to be touched by Jack even though they've come a long way. It's not enough. And Jack says, stop calling me Mr. Norris. I'm your husband. This is not really our first date. And he she has to remind him that, you know, I'm not Barbara. I'm a different person completely we've come a long way and I find myself less she says more attracted to you of, of late but she sure doesn't act like it right and I loved what he says here at the end I, he says I am trying to accept you I just wonder can you do the same for me and it's not a bad point you know he's he keep trying to romance her and she doesn't want that but she also does not even want to be a little bit friendly with him it feels like you know
1: but she's also going along with it. I mean, she's also not just. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they got into this situation somehow. So that's always you know that's the and obviously it's because a writer you know put them there. But yeah. it's, um, to me, certainly as a thirteen fourteen year old boy reading this, uh-huh. you know, I'm still reading it as, hey, he's got a shot. She went to the she went to the
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah really. And, and this is where you know I, I really began. You know. I, I think finally after kind of lurking in the shadows and, and, and showing up, you know, on the spaceship with the, uh, and, and traveling to the future, I think this is where Jack Norris really starts coming into his own. Um, and, uh, and I, I, I do like, and also Valkyrie because he's also, you know, she was very one note for a long time. And she still has this thing of like, I'm here, you know, to, you know, put down men's images of superiority over women blah 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 right but at the same time you know she's 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 got really good dialogue I, I think you owe me an animal and whether it's you know whether she's trying to be funny or simply is by accident i mean it's 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 great dialogue and my favorite one of my yes. favorites too is when she says first she gets the the teddy bear and then or, or she gets the rabbit first and then yes. the, the teddy bear and she goes i've no more need of the bear than the hare. oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, the dialogue in this is
0: fantastic, and we're coming up to, like, one of the greatest moments ever, in my opinion. Oh, yes, yeah. Because the next scene starts with typical Hulk. He's in the woods somewhere, enjoying nature, and he is sort of peeking through, like, a tree or a bush or something at a mother deer and its fawn. And... There's a great you know even the captions are good it says there's still there's the Ozarks southern Missouri there's still genuine forest land here great expanses of unspoiled na- natural greenery green grass green trees and at that moment some green that isn't so natural <laughs> green hands yes. part the foliage green <laughs> eyes smile you know it's this is good writing so he's watching them co- quietly and then out of nowhere there's a shot that some hunters have come out of the woods and shot the uh, mother deer. And there's actually a sign that says there's no hunting allowed there, but they obviously ignored it. So, you know, what happens next is justified to some degree. The two two hunters come stumbling out of the woods, drinking what looks like a a 40. (laughs) And the the deer is on the ground dying and they're talking about like, well, I guess we're going to take it home, whatever, you know, and one of them hears something and they turn around and there's the Hulk coming out of the bushes saying men killed Bambi's mother. <laughs> it is one of the great moments. Like I said, men killed Bambi's mother.
1: I think I fell off my chair at that point. Right. Oh, I was originally reading it. And I was like, Oh, that's this moment. Yeah. This is so great. Yes.
0: The two hunters turn their guns on the Hulk, but it doesn't do any good. He takes one of their shotguns and wraps it around the guy's neck and then takes the other one and throws him across the pond that's nearby. He's the guy skitters over the water, like a a stone being, you know, skimmed and then smacks headfirst into a tree. It's brutal. It is pretty brutal. And then Hulk turns back and, and sees the baby deer and picks it up and says, you know, I'm going to take care of you, Bambi, don't you worry, but I don't really know how, so i got to find a smart person to tell me how. Right. And they actually show the hunter with the gun around his neck struggling with it, so you know he's not dead.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> the, guy, the guy who hit his head yeah. straight into the tree with the caption, painless, it's like, how can he not be dead? Like there's no, uh-huh. you know, it's almost like this was like a comics code thing. Like maybe they won't notice that if they turn the page and see that the other guy's still alive. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where you know the Hulk is always throwing around tanks and stuff that you know people die. Um, yeah, that's part of the tragedy of the Hulk, but it's still. But this this is this is hands on uh, something you don't see a lot.
0: No, it's true. Yeah, Gerber, you know, expressing his distaste to some degree, I guess, for. Hunting and these guys in particular, you know, they're just being jerks all the whole time. Oh yeah. So then we cut to Nighthawk awakening in a laboratory, and he's surrounded by the three headmen, Nagin, Jerry, and Chandu, who are sort of being cagey about why they have Night- Nighthawk there, and he can't. He can't talk for some reason, which is an interesting little like thing for Gerber to throw in. You know, Nighthawk's going, and Nagin actually says, "Oh, you'll feel, you'll be able to talk more clearly in a moment once the uh, tranquilizer wears off after the transplant, because they've decided that they're going to put Chandu's brain into Nighthawk's skull." And Nighthawk says, "What about my brain?" (laughs) (laughs) And then. Naked says, "Oh, unless we find some use for it, I guess we'll just throw it away."
1: And 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 I love that he can you know really feels he can do this delicate surgery with ape hands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but he, you know, I guess the ape body is superior in all ways to man. That's what we learned in Weird Wonder Tales.
0: Yeah, exactly. And well, we're we're gonna have more things to say about this surgery in a little while because it's uh, questionable at the least. <laughs> And then we cut to another scene where it says strange interlude and it's Las Vegas where a middle-aged couple is coming out of a casino and the woman is sort of complaining that the guy was gambling away all their money. And he says, tells her, I tell you, I was going to hit, about to hit a winning streak, which gee, every gambler has said at one time or another, I suppose. (laughs) And they hail a cab and get into the cab and, tell them they're they're going to this um the motel and and the driver takes a, a weird turn the guy taps the driver on the shoulder from the back seat and the driver falls forward and his head pops off with a little spring even and then this is so odd from I mean everything about this is strange but still like the jacket unzips and the elf that we saw a couple of issues yeah issue 25 I think it was emerges from the jacket and the woman is saying, it's an elf. It's an elf. What is it? And the guy's going, I don't know what it is. What is this? And the elf says, it's goodbye, Charles. And then, blam! Blam. Blam again. And once again, that's the whole scene. We don't know if he shot one of them. Did he shoot both of them? What? Nothing.
1: And, yeah, and and this was my first, from the time I started reading, my first Elf with a Gun scene. Because I didn't read the Guardians of the Galaxy issues till uh, much later, so I was sort of like, okay, you know. Again, I think I was reading enough Marvel that I kind of was familiar with this vignette style, but it was still like, uh, you know, okay, this may not get solved this this month, but let's see what you know. Let's see what happens. I actually want to find some of these because I want. I you know the, the letters column. This, especially after the second one, I think the letters column just kind of exploded with what the heck. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't be surprised, although I don't
1: have access to those letter columns,
0: since they they haven't printed Defenders Omnibus Volume Two yet. Yes, where
1: were the Come on, they Marvel! Two years. Nah, I'm sure, but I'll be there for it. Absolutely, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the whole idea of that he's driving, that he's in this. <laughs> he's in this cabby shaped mannequin. <laughs> as opposed you know, as opposed to uh-huh. why couldn't he have just been an elf driving the cab with a red you know, it's it's like would they really have noticed if he was, you know, if it was his face. Right. And how could he see anything? Whatever. It's like crazy. Well, he's magic. He's an elf. He can drive with that. But yes, oh, I those, guess so. All those kind of things. And yeah, can his can his feet reach the, the floor? Right. And it actually is it's reminiscent and i don't know if we're going to you know we'd have to do a big detour but maybe we'll do without going issue by issue maybe we'll if we get to the omega series and the the omega finale in mm. defenders maybe we'll just you know do an overview of the omega issues but sure. it reminds me of imagery from uh from um omega the unknown which had in its first All issue right. somebody discovering that two characters are robots and and the way in the way it's presented is their heads like like this detached head. their heads are just sitting on the side of the road right yes i remember that
0: the one thing i will say is like i'm looking for commonalities between this and the previous appearance of the elf and the one thing is that the people who he shoots or the person who he shoots the very bourgeois you know they're very middle class white people Doing things that just are sort of in their comfort zone. Privileged. Privileged, if you will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very, very, very typical. I mean, very, you know, I mean, in some ways typical. I mean, but yes, not people of. um...
0: They're not people who are struggling or whatever, you know. Did you watch Schmigadoon, by the way? Yes. It's so great. Anyway, I was reminded of the elf in that. Oh,
1: yes. (laughs) It's not nearly enough, by the way. And he didn't have a gun. I don't recall. And he didn't have a gun. No. Was it Martin Short? It was
0: fantastic. I love anything with Martin Short. Yeah. We just started watching Only Murders in the Building.
1: Oh, it's great. So good. We. It's about a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> it is about a podcast. That's right. It's staying in. I'm seeing a, I'm, I'm seeing a friend of mine tonight who's been doing like a podcast forever. So I'm going to, so, but, but, my, you know, when he asked me what I'm up to, I'm going to go, well, let me tell you. I don't know. I don't know if this will interest you, but I'm doing a podcast now. Right. <laughs> but he does, he, he does like a rock and roll podcast where he actually, you know, books, you know, professional guests and such. Let's see. We return to the
0: Hulk who is leaping towards magician's house. Magician is Hulk's smart friend. Magician will know, wait, Hulk sees another friend. I'm just reading this now. So he sees what looks like Nighthawk flying toward Doctor Strange's place. And Nighthawk, quote-unquote, sees, oh my God, it's the Hulk. Nagin was right. All I had to do was fly around Manhattan for a while, and sure enough, I would find one of Nighthawk's allies. And Nighthawk, I mean, uh, Hulk rather, Says, hey, you can help. You come with me to Dr. Strange's place and you can help me take care of this uh, Bambi here. So they kind of descend toward Dr. Strange's house. Somehow, I guess Hulk knows where it is, even if fake Nighthawk doesn't. I'm just, that's what I'm going to call him. Fake, fake Nighthawk. Nighthawk. And just at that moment, this is so odd and it really threw me when I was a kid. Dr. Strange is in some quiet, darkened room in his sanctum sanctorum. And he's got like a brazier in front of him full of fire and two sort of fiery figures of a man and a woman are in it. And he's got his hands extended above them like they're puppets. And he's making them co- sort of move toward each other in panel one and two. And then in panel two, Wong comes up from behind and says, uh, Master, you've got guests. And it's like, "What the hell is he doing? And then the other thing that threw me here was he Dr. Shane says typically they've arrived at my recreation time, but as a kid, for some reason, I read that as recreation, like I'm recreating humanity with these two figures interesting i just i could for some reason it could the be word right, recreation,
1: though. it It
0: just confused me, and I'm still a little confused.
1: I'm I'm totally confused. He's either, I mean, again, in my, in my old age, I thought, wait a second, (laughs) is he, is he making some, some mystic porn? (laughs) I was just going to say the same (laughs) thing. It's like a mystic porn going on here. I don't know. I mean, or is he, you know, watching, you know, some, uh, you know, television from Dormammu's dimension or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be too. You know, it's but but I I love the pun that you're sort of finding in there that it's is that that it's you know it's my recreation time, but it could be recreation time. And well, like I said, that was sheer
0: confusion on my part when I was a kid well, for some uh, reason th- that word just did not register correctly
1: in my well, brain. Well, around this time, <laughs> though, around this time, okay. And I don't know where he is on the sorcerer supreme scale. But around this, because I just stumbled. He, I think this is post the CC Neg, <laughs> epic. You know the CC Neg Genesis story. Yes, but he was at the birth of of the the world mere right. months ago. Yes, I don't know. I, I, th- I think I think your your younger self may have, have had had a, a keen instinct for the um, for the joke that may have been playing here. But it is a weird thing. What what are these, you know, I mean, they're not his action figures. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, they are. The action figures of Agamotto. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God. I love that. I'm looking up. I'm, I want to see, like, approximately what issue of Doctor Strange was coming out. Well, I, when I at looked up time. the,
1: um, when we were talking last time, I looked up the one, it was 10. Um, the one we were talking about was, oh, is that right? 10. It's like early, te- 10 or early teens. The one that came out the same month, uh, that was dated the same month as as the last issue of Defenders, is the one where it he like he it's not re, maybe a retelling of the origin, but he's he's going mm-hmm. through time, I think after gotcha. the CC Neg story, and he's eventually going to meet uh, Ben Franklin. So it's yes, like 10, 11, 12
0: yeah. Yep, right in there. This so um, Doctor Strange was still bi monthly, Defenders was monthly, and Doctor Strange eleven which is the end of the eternity and Baron Mordo story came out in, uh, you know, it was covered in December of 75 and then, Oh no, sorry. That's not the end. That's the second last chapter. Nope. Second chapter of a four parter issue 12 was February cover date 76. And that's the one with the Dr. Strange dead with like a skull where his head should be. Right. Great. Bunch of covers by Gene Cohen. Anyway,
1: he never so for that
0: ah, He's so good. Yeah. So anyway, Dr. Strange has guests and it turns out those guests are fake Nighthawk and Hulk. And Dr. Strange immediately says, you know, immediately sees what's going on with Hulk. Oh, you found you, you have a foundling. And then Nighthawk is picking up a sculpture and saying <laughs> this sculpture, it's genuine pre-cataclysmic artifact. It's the demon Mantok, isn't it?
1: And Dr. Strange says,
0: how do you know anything about this? Oh, it was a National Geographic.
1: <laughs> yeah, and no, then not a good way to hold the uh, hold the act together, Shondu. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well he they, they don't know anything about the people that they're stalking, you know. Like he doesn't know anything of what you, uh, you know, about Nighthawk's personality as far as I can tell. Right. And Hulk at that moment says, All right, let's focus on Bambi here. And just at that moment, Jack Norris and Valkyrie comes in, and Valkyrie has the two uh, stuffed animals. (laughs) And Hulk is showing them the deer, and Jack says, want to see our bear and bunny? (laughs) It's pretty good. Nice one, Jack. And even at this point, so, I guess, oh, Jack is the one who mentions Doctor Strange by name, and that's when Chandu realizes, oh, that's Doctor Strange. So he's working from very little information clearly fake nighthawk raises his hands to do something mystic and he blasts the foursome with his mystic power and then says ha 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 you're trapped i'll return soon and then you're going to be in big trouble and as soon as he disappears because i guess he disappears although he says he departs but it's off panel so he could have just gone out the front door i guess as soon as he does that the four defenders are, well, the three defenders plus Jack are like in the stasis field. And Dr. Strange just walks out of it with no effort at all. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's so funny. And that that's not the last time. You know, Dr. Strange just shows how much more power he has than Sean do. He releases the other three people from the stasis field. And the doctor says, I thought that was Nighthawk, but what the heck is going on here? And Jack says, who was it? And Dr. Shane says, a third-rate sorcerer at best. Because that's what they fight in The Defenders, third-rate sorcerers. This is, what, three or four of them by now?
1: Sure. He, he recognizes them at a at, at, <laughs> at, 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 at ten paces.
0: Yeah, really. You can't swing a stuffed animal by the tail without it and a third-rate sorcerer around here. So the heroes take off to figure out what's going on, who this guy is, what his motives are, and where's Nighthawk. The real Nighthawk, the Right Hawk, the Right Hawk. Oh, very good. Meanwhile, Fake Nighthawk is flying away from the scene, but the defenders have already caught up with him. He starts blasting at them with Mystic Bolts. Jack and um, is riding Aragorn with Valkyrie. Not sure why he came along, but he did. And um, Doctor Strange blasts Nighthawk, Fake Nighthawk, and the two of them. He basically not, Doctor Strange transports them to another dimension because he feels that like the energies they're going to release. could hurt people
1: and let's make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. There's a danger there. Hey, but, but yeah, one, one point I wanted to say too, this is yeah, the please. rare I mean, maybe it was happening more at Marvel at this time, but man, if that last sequence isn't exactly what we see on the cover, nobody who picked up this issue was disappointed because yeah. they got that scene on the cover. Nighthawk shooting bolts out of his hands at the at the defenders and the same blue sky and everything I mean you don't get that a lot where it's like the exact scene
0: yeah and I also add I meant to mention that we're most of the way through the issue now and they did not give away the any of the real interesting plot points on that cover true which which they have done several times in defenders right. and probably a lot of other comics at the time.
1: Right. Um, it, uh, there's not a thought balloon that says if only the defenders knew that I wasn't Kyle Rich and Nighthawk but in fact Sean Do the Mystic working with the Headman <laughs> and Arthur Yeah. And Arthur Nagan or something, you know, yeah. it just would have been a different cover. Right. No, they could have put the Headman on the cover, which they do I right. think later at some point.
0: Oh yeah. So fake Nighthawk realizes that Doctor Strange is extremely powerful and the only way he's going to do this is by popping this pill, which is um, the same medication that he was injected with a few in, back in issue 21, I want to say, where his power was m- multiplied enormously and he was able to, you know, drive a whole city insane. And so he's, his power has juiced up a lot, amped up, and he creates illusions of the valkyrie hulk jack norris wong and clea that he sort of shoots at dr strange and then they become bands that wrap around dr strange but dr strange just you know gets out of that in a second and not basically just knocks him out with a mystic bolt of some kind and in the center panel where he's getting out of them he's dr strange says it's a clever camouflage for the crystal rings of kafu but it's so feeble a spell so easily broken i abandoned it long ago like damn dr strange (laughs) that's some attitude man oh
1: he's yeah he's he's
0: just he's just uh master of the condescending arts (laughs) 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 Uh, so he knocks out fake nighthawk and then dr strange is approaching him and he says something nighthawk says in the name of the dread nilrak and then Dr. Shane says, I've had enough of this and shoot some what looked like needles at fake Nighthawk. And, I, you know, he's unconscious now. And did you notice
1: Nilrak? Yeah, Carlin I did. Spelled, Carlin spelled backwards. But I, Coincidence? I, you know, he's I, – I looked up Mike Carlin's chronology and he was – he had been at an intern at D.C. in 74. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Mike Carlin. <laughs> I think so, it's just a coincidence. I think, I, it might have been someone, you know, after somebody named Carlin, but I don't think it was necessarily Mike Carlin. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. It might have been George Carlin, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it's just a coincidence of some kind.
1: But but it's funny how comic books specifically they have trained us to read yep. every word backwards or to look at it as an anagram, any kind of mystic spell. You're always trying to go, oh, is there some other reference in here?
0: yeah you're absolutely right and i've noticed that for for sure myself every every time you run across a weird word that doesn't look like a word you read well read it backwards
1: you gotta do it
0: yeah so they go back into our dimension and we're on the last page of the story and dr they land on the rooftop where the other defenders and jack norris are and even though dr strange was so powerful a minute ago now he looks exhausted and they decide to unmask this figure and see who's really under the mask. And, oh, my God, it's Kyle Richmond. What is going on?
1: We, it, and it's a funny reveal because yes. we're not – because we know what's going on. We're not mm-hmm. surprised in the way they are. But it is – what is a pleasant surprise is their surprise. Because they just yeah. thought it was – because in their view, if someone's pretending to be Nighthawk, it's somebody in a Nighthawk costume. It's not yes. somebody in Nighthawk's body. Right, they're going to play this trick a second way, in, in at the beginning of the this, next story, this, this is this it's is great. so metaphysical. I always talk about yeah. meta comics. You know, um, you know, again, to me, that's what I love about the concept of Earth Two is that it was a concept that began because they included a Golden Age Jay Garrick Flash comic in Showcase Four that Barry Allen was uh-huh. reading, so therefore right. they couldn't be on the same Earth. So Earth Two came about only because of of that you know editorial in joke right i mean if they they could or they could have tried to explain it oh we just like like grant morrison did later oh we just forgot we just forgot about you know uh keystone city because it was you know under a spell or whatever but the idea of like these self-referential things but here we're actually talking about actual like sort of metaphysics like what who is a person is this kyle richmond is this sean do you know Mm -hmm. all these things are just are you your body? Are you your mind? Are you your soul? Are those two different things? Man, it's, yeah. it's about to get crazy.
0: Some great questions. And yes, they're going to explore them. And I don't think they're going to really come up with any answers. But they're at least going to ask the questions, which is more than any other comics did.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean.
0: I'll also, I'll also add that, you know, from a different point of view, this follows Alfred Hitchcock's rules for building suspense. The audience knows something that the characters don't. Gotcha. how the characters are going to find them out. Find out the truth is the difference between uh, building suspense and just having a
1: surprise, you know?
0: Yeah. Great ending. They're all standing around going like, I have no idea what's going on.
1: Right. Cause, and now Dr. Strange is like, Oh, I didn't realize I was fighting the body of my friend.
0: Yeah. Right. Like if I if, if he's hurt, it's on me.
1: Right. Anyway, next issue,
0: musical minds. That's my Don Bardo.
1: Did they stick with that uh, title? Yes, they did. I don't.
0: uh, Do they? I don't remember. Uh, So we go on to issue 32, which is February 1976 cover date. It went on sale November 18th, 1975. Cover by Gil Kane and Klaus Jansen with a little help on Hulk's face from John Romita. Nighthawk's in the foreground. He's sort of cowering back from something he's looking at that we can't see. And behind him is sort of a skeletal figure to his uh, left is saying, I've shown you your long lost past defender. Now take a look at your future revealed at last in the caption revealed at last the secret origin of my dog and behind him, Hulk Dr. Strange and Valkyrie are running up as though they're going to do something about this. They're not.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I was about to say all after all those nice things I said about the veracity of uh-huh. last issues cover, we this is a completely abstract. You know it is, but it's sort of like it's almost pointing to
0: some of the stuff that happens in the issue. But it's symbolic, I would say. Yeah, it's a symbolic
1: cover. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it doesn't get an abstract. Away, at least. Yes, but it it, it it's, it's suggesting something, and it and it you know certainly gets you to want to read it. And when you flip open yes. the first page, you see things that do seem ominous and supernatural. They borrowed the death character from War is Hell. Who was always popping up? This is a re. This is a redrawn War Is Hell unused cover by Dave <laughs> <Buckram. laughs> It looks like um,
0: Death from the Terry Pratchett books too.
1: Oh right, and 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 then um, Thanos, the Starlin, you know Thanos yeah, right. stories.
0: So okay, uh, stories called as you said. As we said, Musical Minds. It actually says Musical Chairs, and then Chairs is crossed out and Minds is scrawled in.
1: In case we didn't get it. Yeah, right. Editor Marv Wolfman wanted to make sure we got it. Yeah, thanks Marv.
0: (laughs) Same team as last time. Steve Gerber, Salvi Sama, Jim Mooney, and the opening page, the splash page, Nighthawk is laid out on a slab in Doctor Strange's home. Hulk Jack Norris and Valkyrie are standing to one side. And right next to Nighthawk, we've got the son of Satan and Dr. Strange. And son of Satan is performing an exorcism on Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Nighthawk was unconscious, but his eyes pop open on the second page. He sits up and says some mean, threatening things and says, I cannot be exercised. This body's mine forever. And I'll see you. I'll show you when I awaken." And son of Satan explains that this is not a demonic possession. This is some other there's some other source of uh what's going on here, and I can't do anything about it.
1: If only so, we had someone who was a surgeon, yeah, right. Who might who might recognize the? I mean, aren't there like any scars or
0: anything? Well, that's what I was just going to bring up. I oh, want sorry. to talk about this now. Why? Not? No, 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 that's fine. You know when you get brain surgery (laughs) they shave your head and there's scars right and you don't and you don't just you know fly off the the next an hour later like they seem to indicate in the previous story he you know a few hours later and he's flying over manhattan looking for the hulk
1: (laughs) Well, maybe maybe it's like man with two brains it's the you know dr huffer screw top (laughs) brain surgery
0: that could be it why didn't they bring him in
1: oh, that movie so,
0: yeah why didn't they bring in, him in for this operation oh I mean, michael Hefer? You know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so valkyrie and hulk, are, hulk is literally scratching his head going i don't understand why bird Nose looks right why does he hate everybody and dr shane says well thanks for coming by damon Hellstrom, and we'll talk to you again sometime and Son of Satan says, gotta go. See ya. Good luck. That's pretty much the end of his little cameo. And then Dr. Strange sits down with and opens the eye of Agamotto in front of fake Nighthawk and commands him to show his real form. And it's Chandu the Mystic. But wait, nobody in this room knows who Chandu the Mystic is. <laughs> so they're all looking at him going like, Hulk says, I don't like this face. It's an ugly face. I can It hates Hulk and oh jack is the only one who knows who
1: it is that's right again a great little plot twist here yeah jack norris it man he's 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 earning his keep he is and but he can't quite think of
0: it and finally he goes oh, it was on our first date that ridiculous sideshow that we went to that's in, all they did um, on their dates by the way is go to sideshows. yeah in vermont the <laughs> vermont state Fair. You know, the car broke down. Your father was going to kill me when um, I got you home at 4 a.m. Finally, you know, and he's trying to make her. He says, make yourself remember, you you know, he's like encouraging her. You can do it. Break through that barrier and, you know, access your memories as Barbara. But of course you can't. But he does remember that she said his name sounds like a cheap perfume and that his act had the right fragrance for his name. That's a. Tortured metaphor, but okay.
1: Um, like well, I guess like Chanel. I mean, you know, where where wasn't there? Yeah. wasn't there another? Um, Shalimar is. There, would that have been around? Yeah, Shalimar 70s? was around. Yep. Shalimar, good lord. Yeah,
0: and Doctor Strange has probed Fake Nighthawk's brain enough to learn that this guy is actually Harvey Schlemmerman. <laughs> Known on stage as Shandu the Mystic. I was delighted to see that it's Harvey Schlemmerman.
1: So Shandu the Mystic was not his birth name, the name his parents gave him? (laughs) No, no, it was not. Sad, I know. And his story, you know, going back to the Weird Wonder Tales, there was nothing particularly evil about Shandu, was there? I thought Shandu was actually... Yeah, right. Kind of a, a... not really a good guy, but I thought he was trying to help somebody or something. I, 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 don't, I don't remember now. But um,
0: he, he was. Actually, all three of them were kind of trying to help people. I mean, Nagin was trying to help people, but he was just taking, you know, bad shortcuts that could hurt people ultimately.
1: And, and, he, and he pissed off the gorillas.
0: And he pissed off the gorillas. And then Jerry w- had created the shrinking vapors, but right. refused to help his gangster brother. So, you know, none of these guys were originally intended to be evil, per se, but they sure were easy to rewrite in that direction. Sure. <laughs> and Dr. Shane says, after he's finished probing the brain, if the riddle remains, and Hulk says, where's Birdnose? Exactly. You got it. And now we cut away. Oh, man. <laughs> this is, it's just getting better and better. This, this whole page. Oh, my God. It's so good. So, we're back at the headman's laboratory where they did the operation. No word on what kind of conditions they did this in. If it was completely, you know, if they wore masks or anything, (laughs) because they show, keep showing Negan just like in his naked gorilla body. And it's like doctors usually cover up pretty good, wear gloves, wear masks, wear hair.
1: But that would take away the effect. You wouldn't get the effect of (laughs) a man's head on a gorilla body. If it was, if he was wearing gloves and a, and a robe, Um, although there, I think that's worth it for like one good shot of that, but
0: yeah, I would think so.
1: So he's an anti-masker. He's not wearing a mask.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least he's a villain. Who's an anti-masker. That makes a certain amount of sense to me, but the brains in a bowl, the brains is yes. Kyle Richmond's actual brain is just sitting there in a bowl (laughs) and he's like, as Mel Brooks once said, as the 2,000-year-old man, you don't want somebody coming along and stroking your brain. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry, st- he he's kind of going like, oh, it'd be easy just to give it a little squeeze, like Charmin. And Jerry says, no, don't. No, we may need it, you know, for uh, uh, experiments. You know,
1: experiments. So,
0: for some reason, Jerry's worried about the brain because he's fearful of, you know, the rest of the Defenders
1: getting pissed right and like they wouldn't be already pissed yeah and and it's says, in, a, oh, it's in an uncovered bowl by the way with yes. Like half a bowl full of fluid <laughs> right so they're not even going for that <laughs> man with two brains effect of like okay you've got like an enclosed kind of tube with a brain yeah. floating in it that's what you normally get in like science fiction movies i mean i just love the yeah. the imagery of this and that he just went i, I wish it. there was like flies buzzing around <laughs> it. oh no because <laughs> that's what it should be <laughs> it's organic material yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: plus Nagin's been pooping in the corner <laughs> was oh,
1: and flinging it at the walls
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that would be funny if he started exhibiting like actual you know ape like tendencies what I'm not supposed to fling my poop come here Jerry I'll pick the knits out of your hair <laughs> uh, anyway Je- uh, Nagin says you know don't worry about the Defenders We'll, if they give us any trouble, we'll just call on Ruby to destroy them. And Jerry's like, who now? And a female figure enters the room. This is like almost a full-page panel of this scantily clad, curvy woman's figure, except that she has, instead of a head, a globe, a red globe. And she is the newest member of the head men. And know that that ball is not a mask; it's a living, organic computer that she designed, that can do pretty much anything they needed to do.
1: And it's replaced your so, like, head, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like I have questions. <laughs>
1: and, and her 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 costume—I mean, it's like a Legion of Superheroes type of costume. It's like cut yeah. to past her navel, cleavage everywhere, right? Um, yeah. But but the most hilarious thing is like you've got, like I said, Playmore Playmate's body with the round circular head. And for some and reason No features on it. No features on it. And and Negan says, I believe you'll agree she meets the qualifications for joining a group called the Head Men. <laughs> yes. And it's like it's clear she doesn't fit the men part. Maybe she fits the, the you know, head, if they head. Were The head people but she's, she's clearly she's clearly all all woman. Yeah, well,
0: that's, that is true.
1: And again, very confusing for the teenage boys in the audience.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So she kind of walks up to Jerry to say hi to him and sort of puts her hand to his cheek, and immediately the head reshapes itself like Silly Putty to look like Jerry's head. Right. And Jerry's like, ugh, <laughs> this is horrible. And Jerry says to Negan, you know, we're outcasts, but she's a technological perversion. And he's objecting. And as he's objecting, like behind him, like octopus tentacles are emerging yes. from Ruby's head and grabbing him. And Negan says, well, Ruby disagrees. I say, well, we'll you, you can argue this out yourselves.
1: So Ruby is very powerful. Now, now, here's two things. These are two weird things that got into my head. And they're completely crazy. But on that page where we meet yeah. Ruby, yeah. it's—I mean, there's an insert in, in in the large panel that's almost a splash. It's like a two-thirds. Yeah. Page. There is an insert, but if you don't look at the insert, it's actually designed like several Watchmen pages. That huh. the, the, it's the nine-panel grid, except sure. it's it's the three across the top, and then it's it's like this is what the the, the shot where you meet Dan Dryberg sitting on his stairs in front of the Alman costumes. After mm-hmm. Rorschach visits him, and he's like, you know, he he feels guilty and terrible that he's thrown his life away. Um, that's how I read it, anyway. But but right. it, it's a classic construction that you that's in almost every issue of Watchmen is the you know it's the nine panel grid, but broken up where you get the top three panels, but then the other six form a big image. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. So that's number one. But then number two, mm-hmm. when I thought the Watchmen, what I looked at Ruby's face in this panel and on the and what did I see? A smiley mm-hmm. face. Oh, and wow. then that not yeah. only takes yeah. us to Watchmen, it also takes us to Howard the Duck.
0: Yes, for sure. And so we should say, even though the the round globe face has no features on it, it has sort of two glinting highlights of
1: eyes. Right. There's kind of a reflection, you know, that whether there are lights in the room being reflected, and, there, and there's kind of like yeah. a curvature at the bottom that does look like, yeah, can, can look like a, a smiley face. But and Howard the Duck went up against a famous smiley face. Yeah villain who just had the same kind of round head yeah right so
0: my question is how did this happen you know what i mean she eventually (laughs) explains that she designed it herself and whatever but it's like and who put it on you
1: (laughs) maybe that's how she and arthur met oh maybe so wanted female scientist (laughs) seeks seeks evil surgeon (laughs) To replace yeah. Ed with organic computer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the per- in the, the doctor- in the in the personal ads, right. I think that makes
0: a certain amount of sense. Okay, so now we go back to the defenders, and Doctor Strange is using the Orb of Agamotto to place him in di- place them in direct contact with Kyle's mind, and they sail in the Orb a little image of Nighthawk at a crossroads with no information or details. So he's like in the middle of nowhere, basically. And they can't figure out where he is from that. So Dr. Strange has finally come to the conclusion that this is not uh, the result of sorcery, but surgery. So we're going to have to find a way to get his body back together with his brain. Dr. Strange says, I have a plan of sorts, but I will need aid, Mister Norris. Are you willing? And Jack says, "Yeah, I guess so." Chapter two, because this has chapters. My life and times, good and bad, as told by the brain of Kyle Nighthawk Richmond.
1: And I'm in ecstasy so, at this point. As as a, I, I the first time I read this, I'm going like, "What is this comic? Oh my god, this is so yeah, cool!" Yeah. So there's two panels on this page. Panel one is really the end of the previous chapter because the four defenders
0: now, including Jack Norris in a Nighthawk costume, it seems, are flying over Manhattan toward where they think they're going to find Nighthawk's brain. And Jack is flying in a very wobbly manner, but he's flying.
1: Right. And we don't know that yet. Right now, we simply just see the Nighthawk character, if you're paying attention, is Uh flying erratically.
0: And I've got some things to say about that, but we'll get to it soon. Uh, (laughs) The big panel at the bottom of the page, which is the beginning of the Kyle Richmond story, a skeletal figure in a, in a cloak crossroads with the with the scythe and hawks that are attacking nighthawk, gripping at his costume the the skeletal figure swings the scythe at him and it goes through the Night f- nighthawk without doing anything and Nighthawk is sc- sort of screaming, but he can't hear his voice and trying to figure out what's going on, but he can't see anything and suddenly. He's uh, transported in his mind back to childhood where he's coming down a slide on a playground and he's like a 10-year-old Kyle Richmond with his red-brown hair in a Nighthawk costume being shepherded by his governess back to the house where he lives just in time to watch his mother die in bed while his father's away on some trip somewhere. And the next panel we see that... After the funeral, Kyle's father says, well, I'm always f- traveling for business, so you can go to this private school now and they'll take care of you here. And, you know, Kyle, understandably, his mother just died and his father basically just shunted him off to school. Is being teased by his schoolmates because he's crying. So he gets in a fight with them. And th- this is really, I think, pretty, the next few pages, really beautifully built little psychological profile of this character. He gets in a fight, he gets called into the principal's office or the dean's office or whatever, and the dean's lecturing him, but this is, Kyle's now already like a 14-year-old or something.
1: And I love how the kid is shown in the the Nighthawk costume for the whole sequence. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kyle is, you know, the dean's yelling at him and he's saying, yeah, but you're not going to do anything about it because you'll lose my father's donation to the school and even though the Dean slaps him and gives him a real chewing out, you know, Kyle strikes him and, and w- w- runs out of the room and the Dean says, you know, I won't, I'm not going to give you a college recommendation. You'll ever get into a decent school, but that gets paved over pretty easily too by a big, looks like $300,000 donation from Kyle's father. That's all it takes? That's all it takes. 300 bills. Come on. And then we see Kyle as a young man going off to college where he meets a girlfriend named Mindy. But he gets to his classes and he has never really had to work hard in school before because everything has just been made easy for him by his father's money. And now he has to actually work and he doesn't really know how to do it. And this is written in shorthand. Like the next panel, he's like free falling in in a black void from a school desk chair. Oh, yeah. Which is a great image. And then they sort of explain how he's been partying and he got gets into a car accident that kills his girlfriend. And the dean of the dean of men at the college doesn't really care that his father's rich, kick kicks him out. And then he immediately gets drafted into the army. But he can't go off to war and become a man like he was hoping, you know, like secretly kind of going like maybe this would turn things around for me. But he's 4F because he has a heart murmur. And then he comes out of that and sees the skeletal figure again pointing to where a cra- a plane crash happens at JFK airport that kills his father. And at the funeral he meets this guy Pennysworth who he may have maybe he knew him before actually. Pennysworth says well, Richmond Enterprises is yours now, Kyle, and there are decisions to be made. And Kyle says, This is a chilling moment. Well, you make them. I couldn't care less. There you go. So he's just leaving everything in the cans of pennies where that's not going to turn out so good.
1: And then <laughs> And then just one big panel devoted to all the supervillain superhero stuff.
0: <laughs> yes. You thought we were. Well, having... it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it shows, yeah, he's fighting Daredevil and he joins the Defenders and his confrontation with Penny's worth. I actually went back and looked at Daredevil 62 real quickly to see if there was any overlap between the stories. and There really isn't. The Daredevil 62 thing is the origin of Nighthawk there is purely... I was a rich guy who didn't have anything interesting to do with his life, so I decided to become a super type and I invented a formula and took it. There's no childhood in in that at all
1: (laughs) right but was and wasn't well here it implies that the grandmaster helped him or gave it i mean because really weren't the i mean and maybe that was retcon because i don't remember um i've read so much squadrons sinister slash supreme stuff i thought Uh, the impression was that the or in that story did the grandmaster just present them and there's no backstory at all right um, that's the end joke that of. they're the, that they're Batman Superman yeah, and, yeah. and, and um, Green Lantern. Flash and Green Lantern.
0: Yeah. That's my memory too. And in the daredevil issue, I, I really just skimmed it, but I didn't see any mention even of grandmaster. No.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So then he's back at the crossroads and it's, he says, you know, 28 years and where has it gotten me? You want the truth? I'm still that nine year old kid who's left was left at West Haven school. Still a troublemaker, still hot tempered, still looking for someone to be my father, still alone. So he still doesn't know where he is or how he's gotten there or what he's gonna do to get out of where he is, because as a disembodied brain, he has no real way to tell where he is, you know.
1: Right. So this is literally stream of consciousness. This is Nighthawk Uh in his in his bowl or wherever, not really yeah, not being disconnected from he's almost like he's in a deprivation tank.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So he is just, he's free associating and going through his life and doesn't know what, you know, he's not even really thinking about his um, corp, corporal form. Right, right, right.
0: And now we start chapter three,
1: quote, step into my
0: parlor, unquote.
1: <laughs> Don't they just? I thought the rule was you could only use that in a Spider-Man story. <laughs> You'd think so. The defenders are arriving at Westbury,
0: Connecticut. Hmm. Oh look! There's a, a house being constructed in the in the background. There, how interesting! Oh right, <laughs> and people are running away, going like, "Oh God, it's the Defenders! Look out, everybody! It's the Hulk!" You know, yeah, I think in it's particular. the Hulk.
1: Yeah, no, and Hulk's like,
0: "Defenders going, are, yeah, no, nobody does." Hulk says, "Hulk th- has been here before." He's sure. And Doctor Strange dismisses that. Oh, that's unlikely, Hulk. But they go up to a house and ring the doorbell. And Valkyrie's going, shouldn't we try to take these people by surprise? And Dr. Shane says, these are unusual felons. I don't know why they're not felons yet. You know, he just makes an excuse and is like, nah, front door's fine. And the door opens and there's a woman in a shimmering kind of gown who bids them enter and welcomes them to this abode of love. (laughs) So they go inside and the woman's head explodes silently and the four of them collapse. What When they enter, Nighthawk says something about we were expecting a the hunt and get Catherine Kuhlman instead. And I had to look her up, but she was a evangelist who specialized in faith healing.
1: Oh, right, right. I had, I'd never heard of her. And I, the name I was familiar, know. but I wouldn't have put it together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then on the last page, the, we see a few four panels at the top of the page where the the shards of um, Ruby's head all sort of reassemble themselves, and then it pop the globe pops back up on top of her neck, and she calls in her, you know, her companions Nagin and Morgan, and they come in and see that the defenders are unconscious. And Negan can't. I mean, Jerry can't believe it, but Negan's like, "Yeah, you did good. That was awesome." And that's the end of the issue, except for we're going right on to issue thirty-three, which here says it's called "Webbed Hands, Warm Heart." We'll see if
1: that's well. We'll get to that, but I, I, I still don't know who the webbed hands are. But maybe I missed something.
0: I know, and you know, you uh, now I look at that and think it's like some kind of Howard the Duck thing. Anyway, this is issue thirty-three. March cover date, 1976. It went on sale December 16th, 1975. Cover is by Gil Kane, and looks like Giacoya to me. The reference I looked at said it could be Giacoya or Esposito, but it looks more like Giacoya when you look at it. I thought I saw Giacoya,
1: and it looked more like Giacoya to me.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the three head men, except not Chandu, but, you know, Nagin, Jerry, and Ruby – are standing at, like, a console of a giant computer and twiddling knobs, or at least Nagin is. And in the foreground are Doctor Strange, Hulk, and Valkyrie all laid out on, like, slabs, as they have been several times before. And there's glowing energy around them that indicates what's going on. And Jerry's saying, Use the mind machine quickly, Nagin. We will never defeat those heroes once they awaken is that says, what Jerry
1: sounds like?
0: Yes, he's very. New. <laughs> hey, <ugh. laughs> he's a little like Kiff Croaker. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Nagin says, You're wrong, my friend. After our little treatment, the defenders will never be the same. Anyway, and then there's a box at the bottom that says, Havoc is the headman. Okay. Havoc are the headmen? No, I don't think so. So the story, once again, by Steve Gerber, Sal Busema, and Jim Mooney. And it is called Webbed Hands,
1: Warm Heart. I know, but it's like I'm looking at the the deers don't have webbed hands. They don't have... No, they do not. They have cloven hooves. They have cloven hooves. And yeah, um, and Sama is doing layouts. Because Jim Mooney, yes, right. quite the talented artist, can certainly do more than um, basic inks. So... Yeah, for sure. I mean, he drew
0: most of those Omega the Unknown
1: issues, you yeah. know, and obviously a lot of other stuff besides yeah, Supergirl that, like,
0: um, Supergirl and Batman and whatnot.
1: Jim Mooney did Batman?
0: He was an early, like a uh, 1940s, uh, oh, late okay. 40s ghost.
1: Yeah. Wait, you mean it's... they weren't all drawn by Bob Kane?
0: Not all of them.
1: But his a name was signed on all of them.
0: I know, right? There are people who you maybe know this already, but I'll say it anyway. Maybe there are people who can look at the issues and just by the kind of Bob Kane signature tell you who drew them. It's like, oh, this guy put a a dash under the O or whatever. It's
1: crazy. Oh, so you mean Bob Kane didn't even do his own signature? Oh no, no, no. (laughs) That's that's really lazy. I figured he had a stamp. Well, he never. He probably never saw the damn pages. You know, he just
0: collected the money.
1: Well, he had to produce, or I mean, he had somebody who was running the studio, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, I thought that was the. I mean, I don't know that it was actual physical studio, but I thought, I thought he was supposed to provide pages, and that was the thing. He had Shelly Moldoff and those guys, but maybe it was yeah. even even just a side deal. Maybe it was he. They submitted their stuff to DC, but and they just paid him out of the Bob Kane budget.
0: Yeah. Right. So we're off to the races. Great splash page, where the uh, orb of Agamotto is open again, and inside that we can see the headmen, including you know who they think is Chandu in Nighthawk's body, standing you know with the headmen, and then the three defenders are on those slabs, kind of like they were on the cover, and who's looking into the orb of Agamotto? Bambi, the baby deer,
1: and Bambi looks pissed. Bambi is pissed. Not because, they, not because they killed Bambi's mother. No, he doesn't even know about that. Lips roll
0: back, bearing gritted, grating teeth. The fawn snarls. That's something, man. <laughs> we turn the
1: page, and we follow Bambi. <laughs> this is an interesting splash page, though, because, it's I mean... So, well, the splash is fantastic. In the 30 issues, plus the extras that relate to the Defenders... You know, it's how often have we had that splash page of them standing around like the wicked witch watching a scene from your know, previous issue? <laughs> yeah. And now it's like we don't right. have Doctor Strange doing it, we have a deer, a baby deer, watching the defenders.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're if you picked up this comic at random and opened it up, you would just be like completely at at a loss, I think. It's just so strange. Anyway. Bambi turns away from the orb and is sort of thinking through what happened, how they captured Nighthawk, how Negan captured Nighthawk. And then they took Chandu's brain and put it in Nighthawk's body. And then, you know, we actually get to see the scene where he's getting, in Nighthawk's body with Chandu's brain in it is getting up from having been operated on in Nighthawk's costume with the cowl on and the mask. <laughs> like coming out of anesthesia and, and, you know, Negan's going, all right, you're ready. You're good to go, buddy. Let's get in action here and flying off and finding Hulk. And it's, you know, it's a whole flashback to what happened. And then the, the third page, I guess it is ends with Bambi coming down the stairs. And we still don't know why we're following Bambi exactly until page four, where the defenders discover the truth of who whose mind is in Nighthawk's body. And then in the most needlessly complicated thing I could have have imagined, Doctor Strange, this is still a flashback, Doctor Strange transfers the minds of Jack Norris into Nighthawk's brain and Chandu's consciousness from Nighthawk's brain into Bambi's body.
1: But actually, I want to know, but to clarify, and this was talking about the metaphysical aspects, yeah. Jack Norris's consciousness is going into Shandu's brain, which is inside right. Kyle Richards' yeah. body. Right. So there's actually sort of three, two physical people and one soul inside Nighthawk's body now. But when I say needlessly, it's like, <laughs> up till now, I don't know about you, but I assumed
0: that it was just Jack Norris wearing Nighthawk's costume. Like why go to the trouble of switching their souls except, or their consciousness except because they're making a point in this crazy story, you know?
1: Well, because I mean, they may not be exact, you know. I mean, honestly, if two yeah, I know two people. would have in, he... in terms of comic books. No two people look more alike than Jack Norris and, and, and Kyle Richmond for the most part. But I do think yeah. Kyle. I think I think Kyle is supposed to be slightly bigger, stronger, more buff than. Oh, Jack. for sure. So because he's he's don't forget he's double strong at night and he's double strong at night. I mean, it's a great story. I mean, I just love Jack Norris in Kyle Richmond's <sighs> body, but it, but it. it, it you know, it, it does make more sense because it's it's what Dr. Strange it's what he thought they were doing, and now he's yeah, about winning right. them because, oh, they switched brains, I'm gonna switch minds.
0: Well, that's exactly it. It's like if you say to Doctor
1: Strange, resolve this problem,
0: this is the approach he would take.
1: Right. But yeah. I think those and I think the headman would I think if Jack Norris showed up in a in Kyle Richmond's costume, they'd go Hey, wait a second. <laughs> Except that Sal B. Sam is going to
0: draw them exactly the same. Exactly.
1: You know? I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Comic books, then, we get away with it. Or the And then TV. the other thing is, yeah. Jack Norris is just like a shell now. Or does he have a deer brain? Does he have a deer? I mean, what happens? Well, to I the, wish. The deer, what happens to the deer soul? Right, right. I know. I wish that were the case, but they
0: don't give any indication that that's happening because the last panel on the page, Jack Norris is empty shell of a body just collapses yes
1: presumably he's he's without his mind slash soul he is simply a a, a, a lifeless right. a, a he,
0: he, he he's not like scampering around looking for some grass no. to uh, <laughs> munch on
1: so they lay jack
0: down on on a slab because everyone's got slabs everywhere apparently in these comics <laughs> yep and they fly off this is still the the flashback they fly off and then we see where Ruby exploded her head, knocked out the defenders, and then they cart get carted away. Nagin is Jerry's carrying Nighthawk's body. Nagin's carrying Doctor Strange and Valkyrie, and Ruby, like, projects out big um, metal arms and a cart to put the Hulk on, so they can you know move him. And then we go back to. Bambi or chandu Chandu the Bambi um, who's trying to get out of dr trench's house but doesn't really have the uh, opposable thumbs to operate a doorknob yeah that be- deer is getting more and more determined and he wants his revenge. This is more than he can stand
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and it, and, it, and we've gotten a lot of pages just to kind of recap the I mean the last two issues are complicated, but yeah. it, 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 it it's it is that thing of in order to keep the can you know these kind of continued stories going man they really more so than they do today man they work the yeah catching you up and they don't today because that would make make you know trade paperbacks and collections very clunky because
0: well some of these stories they can just do it in a couple of captions like the previous issue they just did a caption or two
1: here yes it's taken five pages it's crazy or you know the stan lee way of you'll catch up as you run along as we go right 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 right
0: that's always good so jerry and nagin have also taken the unconscious three defenders but not nighthawk and laid them out and put helmets on them and jerry's saying why won't you tell me what these helmets are for i'm a scientist (laughs) (laughs) and um naked explains their encephalotransmogrifiers what? Go- jerry goes what <laughs> so you can't understand you're a dummy <laughs> no it's like you know not every kind of science understands the other kind you know
1: and and weren't they doing some kind of am i forgetting or remembering properly the um what's that were they doing some kind of mind control in yeah oh, yeah that was number 21 like- that was supposed to be phase one of how they learned to mind control. Right. Phones. It was like a little bit of a test that we can, we can manipulate. People. Yes. Yeah. I
0: mean, it doesn't exactly directly apply because they're not doing the same thing here, but it's they back in 21. They did say, this is just a test and we'll do more of this later uh, on bigger test, you know, groups. And then Chandu slash nighthawk slash Jack Norris is kind of a, trying to ask questions without being too obvious. So he's saying, "Uh, what are you going to do after you uh, do this experiment and, you know, make the subtle alteration on their thought patterns, which is what Negan says. And Negan says, well, let them go. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Oh, right, right, right. And and Jack, I'm just going to call him Jack, is trying to figure out what to do, but he's really not a hero or a man of action or anything. He's trying to also not give himself away. Meanwhile, (laughs) we cut to Central Park. And a young couple is getting in a, a canoe to take a ride in the pond uh, in Central Park. And the woman is saying, "They're you know, young people, the woman is saying, I know we're not supposed to be here. That's what makes it fun. Come on, let's go. And the guy's worried about getting caught. And they row out into the middle of uh, the pond. They call it a lagoon. And I think that's telling. They do call it a lagoon. Yeah, you're right. Which is an odd thing to call that body of water. She says she sees the the scared look on his face, and she says, "What's wrong with you?" And he's going, "Behind you, behind you." And no, it's not an elf with a gun. It's I thought it was going to be an elf with a gun. Me too, me too. But no, it's big red scaly hands coming up out of the water. The guy loses consciousness, and they these figures coming up out of the water look kind of like the creature from from the Black Lagoon, but they're red, with like orange, orange highlights and scales and crests and lips and things. And they grab the two of them and drag them down into the water and say, these specimens are intact to each other. There's like four of them. And we don't know what this means, except that in the beginning of the next page, suddenly all is calm, except that a spaceship takes off out of the pond.
1: Right. And they mentioned that the specimens are for their pupil. Oh, yeah. That's right.
0: Just what our young pupil will require. So the, the spaceship goes, Fashum, out of the water. <laughs> and the caption says, whatever it is, well, let's just say it's not a U-boat. Okay, it's not a U-boat. I got it.
1: <laughs> let's say it. Say <laughs> one more time.
0: It's not a U-boat. <laughs> then we cut back to the head, man. And Jack is meeting Ruby for the first time and she's sort of kind of coming on to him and forms her giant weirdo computer into a giant pair of lips and kisses him. And I hope we can become close associates. And he's like recoiling in horror, of course. You know, all I, it's like if you're an evildoer in the Marvel universe and probably elsewhere too – you don't really mind horrifying displays of affection. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's hot, baby. <laughs> the giant lips that are as big as your, a person's head.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're going to go see Rocky Horror.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. So Nagin sits them down at a meeting table. It doesn't have giant chairs. It looks just like a regular
1: they didn't go- chair they go. Table. They didn't go to the oval chair store.
0: <laughs> no, they should have. And they're explaining, oh, so Negan's asking for a full report from who he thinks is Chandu. And how can we put them to use? And Nighthawk, I mean, Jack, having had no conversations about any of this, doesn't really know what he's looking for. So he starts making, you know, well, uh, Doctor Strange does magic tricks. He'd be great at parties. And uh, Valkyrie has a flying horse. We could rent it out. You know, he's just like desperately trying to come up with something to say. And Jerry and Negan are like, you know, we've been working our asses off here. Can you not, can you dispense with the jokes? But Ruby likes it. And she says something about like, you know, you seem to apprehend the absurdity of dot, dot, dot. And he jumps up, takes advantage of this opportunity. and says, that's right. What could be more absurd than the four of us working together? We each seem to have a different goal. Let's talk about our goals. <laughs> so he basically gives himself a breather while they all talk about yeah. what they want
1: and it's a great movie type of scene it's like almost the kind yep. of thing like you know chevy chase or someone would do you know you want you want my report i want your report you give me your yeah. report and then we'll compare reports and see whose report is better <laughs> right
0: <laughs> it very much is and it works yeah you know because they haven't seen those movies yet chevy chase <laughs> them, you know not a movie story yet no <laughs> nagin explains that he wants to eliminate the accidental factor and form a society where function that functions like a precision instrument. Okay, fine. And Jerry actually gives a shit about that and says, oh, so people can't re- rebel against you the way your apes did? Nice work, and that was. And then Jerry doesn't really say what his goal is. He just sort of recaps his origin real quick. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and then Ruby says what she wants is to give everyone on earth a fantastic organic computer head like she has. And what about you, Chandu? And he, Chandu says, I mean, Jack says, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mystic. So I want to be free to explore and learn and, you know, gather power. Sure. That's it. Fortunately, he's been hanging around with Dr. Strange long enough to, you know, have a vague idea of what he should say. And at that moment, it turns to captions, where Jack is saying this stuff, because at that moment, Chandu, aka Bambi, smashes out of a window in Doctor Strange's place and is walking down the street in deer form. And one of those fishy aliens grabs <laughs> the deer and is like, Aha, another good specimen. And then we cut to an island where an older woman, who's probably a teacher or something, is saying, They're there. These people are all in like this little structure and she's saying, it's Greek. I tell you, the architecture is Greek. And sure enough, they're in what looks a little bit like a Greek temple. But with a bunch of different people of different ages and whatever, and some animals and under the Greek temple roof is a big machine that looks vaguely like a gun. And she keeps saying, it's Greek. I tell you, it's Greek. And they're like, whatever, lady. Plato didn't build that gun, did he? Lay, you know, build that machine.
1: Yeah, and it looks. Yeah, it's got a Kirby-esque. You know, it's definitely some. You know, a little yeah. bit of an old school Kirby yeah. design.
0: And then suddenly, as if from nowhere, Bambi appears on the island. Foom, Says the uh, sound effect, and a fawn appears as uh, from, from from nowhere. Meanwhile, <laughs> back in Westbury, Connecticut, the defenders are awakening from the treatment they got from the headman. And Hulk immediately even they take the headmen take off the helmets from them and they're kind of groggily getting up. But the Hulk gets up very fast and says, Hulk doesn't care what Ape Man wants and he starts to attack Negan. But Doctor Strange stops him and puts his hands in big metal sort of handcuffy things. And Doctor Strange says, We're here to talk and why and find out the truth behind what's happening and not just attack people mindlessly. And Dr. Nagin says, oh, it's nothing, you know, nothing happened and you're free to go. And Dr. Strange says, we, you know, we shan't be on our way without Nighthawk's brain. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly, you know, all hell breaks loose. Ruby attacks Dr. Strange with uh, tentacles. They're like wire cables coming out of her head. Valkyrie reaches for her sword and threatens ruby but can't really do anything about it because she's female negan tackles valkyrie hulk even with his hands in those big medley looking gloves
1: or whatever i'm calling them the salmon bands of Saitorek. oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they're not the crimson smash <laughs> <laughs> smashes down
0: on to you know to try to hit negan but negan gets out of the way with gorilla like um agility agility thank you Ugh. <laughs> so he hits the floor and guess what happens the whole house collapses and there's a moment from outside the house where you see the house collapsing and across the street the little family from some issues ago going look he did it again from the inside out this time it's the the exact family that are building the new house and the guy cannot stop laughing because now it's somebody else's problem <laughs> it's kind of funny
1: it's a, yeah no it's a great bit and it's sort of it you is, feel like it comes out of those conversations of well whatever happens to those people whose house is destroyed by the hulk you know yeah that's right and there's a weird coloring error if you didn't notice
0: the little girl has blonde hair in one panel and black hair on the next panel interesting yeah
1: and they kept um, it they kept it for the incorrect i like that they they leave the original coloring mistakes
0: um well they don't tend to fix things i find
1: <laughs> well I think I think uh, it's know, actually a, which is understandable. But I think actually it's a response to I mean because they do have to recolor it on, on I mean I don't know that they have all the original guides.
0: No they don't.
1: But I and 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 are people have been and there was something they did to some Barry Smith Conan ones that people were not crazy about the coloring. But I do think well that was the dark horse ones, right? Was it? Maybe. But I do think that yeah. they're um you know I think they are responding to fans. I think they did ask and said do you want to yeah. fix? you know, typos or, or, and I think the consensus was, no, we want a reproduction of the comic as it originally. Appeared. Yeah.
0: Yes. And I, I can see that. I'm not saying they should do something different really. And yeah, those dark horse collections of the Marvel Conans were recolored and oh, really over, over colored. They were
1: not great. Yeah. That's, that's, I've seen the comparisons. Yeah.
0: So the house, the dust from the collapsing house settles and you see that the defenders are all in a, a bubble and, and the headmen too, for that matter. So they, they weren't hurt by anything. Dr. Strange work you know, whipped up that protective bubble very quickly. Dr. Strange lets Hulk's hands out of the, um, the crimson mittens of Satorak. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Strange says, quick Nighthawk, Grab that brain and get out of here. <laughs> he drops the bubble. Nighthawk,
1: with the brain, sloshing around, <laughs> flies away. And, of course, it's still Jack. Right. and But, but yeah, and, and Nagin is confused because he thinks... Yes. He thinks... Why is Chandu doing this? Yeah. It's, uh, he doesn't even think that. He's,
0: he he thinks, thinks Doctor Strange has made a tactical error. Yes. And he... Doesn't sort of doesn't stop to think why is Chandu listening to him? Right, It's odd. But the caption sort of indicates that Nagin thinks he's won by who he thinks is Chandu, taking Nighthawk's brain away. Now Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Valkyrie are ready to attack the head men. uh, But there's no need to because Ruby, again, able to do pretty much anything the plot calls for, bloops out like 90 pounds of chewed bubble gum and the Defenders are stuck in it. I mean, that's what it looks like.
1: You know, yeah, and it's got gum. the very unfortunate sound effect of sploog. Yeah. Sploog.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's odd. It's, uh, can, can you use Marvel sound effects in Scrabble? I, I, I would imagine they're not um, allowed.
0: <laughs> Probably not. But
1: imagine <laughs> if you did like a special Scrabble game that was just that's using funny. comic book sound effects. I like it. Yeah. But you'd have to back it up. Like you couldn't just make up because you had all these, you know, all those tiles you'd have to, you know, but you could do splue because you would go, well, defenders 33 over here. I I will give you a nickel. If you can cite, you know, (laughs)
0: sound effects from two issues ago it's like nobody members remembers these things pretty
1: much well there, there's a couple famous so like isn't there like crack a, crack a doom or something yeah from, from one of the yeah. like, walt simonson one they're famous
0: but and i know it's from thor and i know it's simonson but that, that's as far as i can go right anyway the, while the defenders are mucking around in the bubble gum the three head men just say let's get out of here Meanwhile, last page of the story. Oh, my God, what a turn of events. Nighthawk is flying up with the brain, getting away. And even though it's Jack, he's saying to the brain, I think we made it, brain, old buddy. I think we're home free. Not in those words exactly. When suddenly he's caught in what is basically described as a tractor beam (laughs) that drags him up to that flying saucer. And he is like he sort of, looks around inside the flying saucer and sees some of those fish creatures and Nebulon, the Celestial Man. And Nebulon says, welcome, Nighthawk, from my friends, the Ludburites of Tsar, and from Nebulon,
1: the Celestial Man, in case you didn't remember me. <laughs> and he's put a couple, He's done been in two stories? Or just the, he's been in a couple. Just the one
0: so far. No, no, it was just that... Um, it's like issue fifteen. Oh, is just like the, the one with
1: the squadron—the one that yep. brought in Nighthawk. Yes, right. Because the Nebulon Nighthawk... enlisted the the the, or they they stumbled upon him, but somehow the Squadron Sinister joined forces with with Nebulon.
0: Right. Except there was that moment when I guess it was the Giants has Defenders four where they're the Defenders are sent by Nighthawk to attack the Squadron Sinister Squadron Sinister. Right, And there's a panel where they're sitting there going like, can you believe Nebulon stayed with the Ludbirdites on Czar? And then Hulk attacks them. <laughs> so it's like, here they are at the Ludbirdites oh, on Czar. Oh, they
1: really say that?
0: Yep. Wow. It was fantastic. Foreshadowing. Was yeah.
1: The clue to it quality was... literature.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of the big ones. Yeah, it was months and months ago, but yeah. And I'm just going to read this next issue caption because it it's like, if you thought... Stuff was getting crazy. Now it's going to get crazier because uh, it says the fawn unleashed the little bald man and the meteorite, the menace of celestial mind control, the bozo syndrome, and more in the weird tale we call a mind is a terrible thing to get wasted. <laughs> this is fantastic, and it's so great. Nebulon to see Nebulon coming back because he was, you know, there's a lot they could they hadn't done with him yet.
1: Well, yeah, they the Squadron Sinister tried to sell him the world. Yes. He was the man who bought the world.
0: Yep, that's right. And who knows? It's like, I cannot remember for the life of me what the deal is with him and the Ludburnites and whatever. I, I have no idea. And I don't care. I'm
1: looking forward to rediscovering it. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I remember I was almost as shocked when the Lubderites showed up in the lagoon in this issue. Yeah. I didn't really remember when we cut away again, again, especially reading the two issues back to back, I was so primed. Is this already another, you know, I, you know, I remembered the elf stuff yeah. being spread out a little more and I was like, uh-huh. it can't be the elf. Okay. No, there's some red hands. It's not the elf. And, and then it was like, but what are these things? And I forgot that they led somehow to, I mean, I knew Nebulon becomes part of the story that because he's really major going forward, but I totally forgot that he had something to do with these um, creature-type creatures.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you know, they, they almost look like they could be cousins of the Badoon. Yeah. The wrong, Completely wrong color, but, you know,
1: just uh, generally. These could be the rare, I don't know. <laughs> right? Some other... Version of Badoons, variant like. Badoon, yeah. These are the elderly Badoon, they turn red. Oh, when oh no, these are the ripened yeah. Badoon. No, no um, no. we'll find out all about all right. the lo- lo- loved Dites very soon. Yes, I cannot wait. And it's like he took Luddites yeah. and added burr in the middle,
0: yeah. Exactly, you know, you're absolutely right. I hadn't noticed that because I was a
1: child, but
0: you know, that is exactly what it is, they, right.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I knew the word – I think when I heard the word Luddites, I thought, wasn't that from a Defenders story? Because <laughs> I, I didn't hear right. that in, like, relation to technology till years later.
0: From the same publisher that took Latvia and added an er in the middle.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. That's what we do. Well, it's, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, think of, aren't there a lot of – in the Middle East countries, you know, adding, uh-huh. you know – something a scan, yeah. or you know whatever. Just take, oh, yeah, take one yeah, from yeah. column A, one from column B and <laughs> yeah. Or an element if you want to create a new element. Right.
0: All right, well I believe we're at the end of the issue and the end of the episode. Do you have anything else to add before we say goodbye?
1: So much going on. No, I'm 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 yeah. I'm wiped. <laughs>
0: this, yeah, I know.
1: All right. Well until next time, let us all say
0: Defenders Dissemble. Someone will say it. <laughs> Someone will say it. We will say it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please subscribe. Leave us a note. Leave us a love letter. And uh, tell your friends. And we will see you next time on Defenders Dialogue. with Carl Adam, a quality podcast. <laughs> Lots of foreshadowing. <laughs> In the future, we promise quality. <laughs> <laughs> Ding and reel, swing shield, bling and superhero, they're the latest,
1: they're the greatest, ultimately superheroes, the Marvel superheroes.